0: Come on now. Who's excited to be in the house of the Lord today? You got to make a little bit of noise. Come on. Now listen, this is the last of four services, so y'all better be rowdy today. You know what I'm saying? You've had plenty of sleep. The cat's won. Christmas is coming. It's going to be a good day. It's going to be a good day. We want to welcome you if this is your first time or first time in a long time. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. We want to welcome everybody watching online all over the world. Come on. Can we give it up for everybody watching online today, man? Thank you, God. For watching and tuning in. You know what? I know God has spoken to you today through our unbelievable team members who've served here all weekend. I know the Lord has spoken through worship and through the testimony, and now I pray the Lord would speak through the preaching of His Word. So come on, would you pray with me? Let's ask God to do what only He can do, and that's to open the eyes of our heart that we may see Him today. Father, we thank you so much. God, that you woke us up this morning, you gave us breath this morning, that our breath can come and praise you father you tell us that you inhabit the praises of your people and god today as you hear us praise you you have encountered this place your presence is in this place and god we say thank you and over the next few moments Lord, i pray you'll calm our hearts our minds and our plans and our anxiety or the issues that keep us up at night the situations we're about to face in the next couple days i just pray you just help us to focus and see your son Jesus for if we will see Jesus we will not be the same we will never leave this place the same for it's in his name that we ask and we pray come on now and everybody say amen amen you may be seated come on can we get up for the worship team no they know amazing this amazing every every Sunday come on you know what time it is. look at the person sit beside you say you look good today tell them say you look good Look back out and say, I got my church clothes on. You know what I'm saying? My Christmas outfit that I got on Black Friday. Can I get a witness? Saving some money up in here. Awesome, awesome. Man, it's so good to see you guys. Now, we're going to get a little loose, right? This is a rowdy bunch. Last one, plenty of coffee, so we're ready to go. Have you even noticed that when on Christmas time and in the holidays, people always go back home? You know that? People go Home. They go back to maybe where their parents were or back when they were raised as a kid. And, and when you go home, you realize how things are different because people remember you for who you used to be. But not for who you are now. Have you ever noticed that? They remember you for who you used to be. I'll go back home, and as soon as I hear somebody say Vinny, I know they're from back home, because that's my nickname back here in Pike County, back in Belfry. That was my hood, you know. And I know as soon as they say Vinny, I know I'm back home. Like, I just know, because they remember you for who you used to be. They, they'll say things like, I'll remember when, and then they fill in the blank, right? Like, you bump into your teacher, like I bumped into my teacher. I remember when I spanked your tail every single day in second grade. Come on, like, come on, man. I got my kids with me now. Don't be telling about me getting in trouble like that time. Now, I remember and they going, used to be a hellion. Used to be like in the pure meanness. Right, mama? You remember this, right? Come on, mama. I ain't She's told me on the bus. I remember when you used to do all these crazy things. Or I remember when you used to dance. I look, I look at him and say, used to? Brother still got it. we' are you talking about used to? I can pop but now when I lock, I stay locked. You know, I can't get back. I can't. I, it won't it won't come back up right they remember you for who you used to be but not for who you truly are because when you go back home come on let's just face it things are different right things actually actually change and today i want to share a story about when jesus goes back home so if you have your bibles i want you to go with me to matthew chapter 13 matthew chapter 13 if you have your iphone you go to the used version bible app if you have your android we pray you get saved after church today okay and um I want to go back to Matthew, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding, we're glad you're here too, you can use your Android. But in Matthew chapter 13, it doesn't really sound like the Christmas story, but I'm going to share with you how it really ties in to the Christmas story. So let's just walk through this a little bit, so we're all on the same page. You know, God looks at Gabriel, one of his angels, and we did a whole series on demons and angels, if that intrigues you, you could go back and watch it. God looks at Gabriel and says, Gabriel, I want you to go to this little town over here called Nazareth. And there's this teenage girl named Mary. And I want you to go to her, and here's what I want you to tell her, that I found favor in her, and she's going to usher in the Messiah, and things are going to be great. So Gabriel goes, and he finds Mary, and says, Mary, listen, you've been highly favored by God. And here's what's going to happen. God's Holy Spirit's going to overshadow you and come upon you, and, and you're going to conceive, and you're going to give birth to the Son of God. And she says, how is this possible? I'm a virgin. Like this is this is physically, biologically not even possible. But what you say, I will trust you because I believe that God can do the impossible. And then she's engaged, so she goes back to Joe. Now, I love when reading the Bible and like putting yourself in the story, right? I mean, put yourself in the story. Imagine a Mary, you know, she comes up to you and says, Hey Joe, I got some great news. You know, I know that we love each other and we're engaged, and we've been dating since Jerusalem, middle school, and we're teenagers now, and life is good. But I want to let you know something. I'm pregnant and the baby is not yours. Like, wh- what do you, how do you expect to respond? Right? I mean, what do you expect Joe to do? And the Bible says like, Joe is, is like this righteous man and, and he decides to secretly divorce Mary. And somebody's like, well, if they're engaged, how can they get divorced? Well, here's what's happened. Mary's mom and dad and Joe's mom and dad had a contractual re- assigned marriage for Mary and Joe. They signed this contract which betrothed, we would call engaged, that they were going to get married but they can't have any physical contact until they really get married. And so for him to say I'm going to divorce her, legally he had to go sign this paper to break the contract that his mom and their dads put together because they arranged this marriage. And so Joe's decided to leave her and he goes to bed that night and he has a dream. The angel of the Lord appears and says, listen to me, Joe, what your wife is telling you is true. She's going to give birth to the Son of God, and you're to name him Jesus because he's going to save people from their sin. So Joe wakes up, and this is great marital advice. If you're here and you're married and you're a dude and you're married, this is great marital advice for him because Joe wakes up, and he goes to his wife and says, you're right, I'm wrong, and I'm sorry. Can I get a witness, ladies? Oh, oh no, you didn't. That was some shouting noise right there for you. Like, listen to it, honey. He's preaching you. You're wrong, right? Yeah, I'm right, right? And he says, you heard from God. You're right. I'm wrong. I'm sorry about this. And Joe's like, okay, this is God's baby. we got to figure out how we're going to do this. So Joe begins to protect her, and they got the book, What to Expect When Expecting. And now she's in her third trimester, and, and she's about to pop. She's about to have the baby. And all of a sudden, Caesar Augustus issues a tax registration for everyone in the land to go and register in their Town of their lineage. Now, for Joe would have been Bethlehem, the city of David, because he's a descendant from David. Now, Mary wasn't required to go, but Joe had to. But since Joe's wife, you know, Mary, she's now like close to having a baby, he didn't want to leave her by himself. So all of a sudden, they get the caravan, they get everybody together, and they make the trek to Bethlehem to sign the tax registration. Well, guess what? They get there, and Mary says, Joe, we gotta go. Cause the baby's coming, yo. You know what I'm saying? We 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 gotta find him. So he calls the Hampton Inn, the Ramada Inn, the Red Roof Inn, and you know the Bible says there was no room in the inn. So they found this like little stall over here in this manger, and the baby Jesus is born. They put baby Jesus in a manger. They take him to the temple. He's circumcised after according to the law, and then eight days later, guess where they go? Back to Nazareth, back to the hometown. This is Jesus. Hometown. Well, as soon as they get back, the Bible says that Mary and Joe, they, they marry, they, they finally, you know, cross the line, they, they, they finally get married, and they begin to have children. Now, these are the half-brothers and the half-sisters of Jesus. You're going to see that. I'm going to show you that just a minute. And Joe goes to do what only Joe knows what to do. That's to be a carpenter. Joe builds houses. He puts roofs on. He put porches on. He'll build you a boat. He, he was the carpenter in the land. Now, this city was only about 1,500 people, so he's a carpenter. Everyone knows Joe like everyone knows who he is because he's one of the builders in the city but it was the oldest son's responsibility to pick up the father's trade just in case something would happen he would provide for the family so joe begins to teach jesus how to be a carpenter well the bible doesn't talk about joe no more which most scholars and people would agree that joe passes away when jesus was probably somewhere a child what jesus is now required to take over the family business to provide for mary his mother his half brothers and his half sisters so jesus is the carpenter now he's doing everything doing what god wanted him to do and all of a sudden 30 years have passed and jesus says now it's time to go do the ministry that my father has called me to do and you remember he goes down to be baptized by john the baptist this is 30 years now i've passed since he's been born And John the Baptist says, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And people go, wait, what? You mean the carpenter kid? Like this kid is the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world? And all of a sudden he takes Jesus and John the Baptist baptizes Jesus and the Spirit falls upon him and he begins to do crazy things like heal people and, and sick people and people who cannot see now can see, and people who cannot walk now can walk, and everyone is hating on Jesus. And Jesus now decided it's time for him to go back to Nazareth. Now, you would think if you went back to Nazareth, right, they're going to treat you like a hero. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you you would think like, hey, you know, you got those type of people coming from your city. We got the Messiah from our hood. You know what I'm saying? Like, Jesus is from our backyard. Like, we know Jesus. Right? You thought he would want American Idol or The Voice. You know what I'm saying? Man, I was pulling for Mackenzie Thomas. Man, I was hoping she was going to put Wallingford on the map. I'm telling you. Like, it never has been there before. But she was about to put Wallyburg, you know, back on the map. We were just hoping she would win the voice. You would think they would give Jesus the key to the city. The Messiah comes from Nazareth. Yes. But that's not how they treated him. In fact, when Jesus went home, you know what they tried to do to him? They took him to a cliff. And they tried to throw him off a cliff. They tried to push him off a cliff and kill him and he, he, he gets away from the crowd and he goes back and he begins to do more miracles and teaches parables all over the place and all of a sudden Jesus looks at the disciples and says it's time for me to go back home again and they're like bro listen you want to go back home they just try to kill you he goes let's go back home and that's what we pick up in the story in Matthew chapter 13 when Jesus went back to Nazareth that was all introduction you ready for the sermon say let's go yeah. y'all hungry that's why y'all want to get out here alright here we go watch this verse 53 when jesus had finished these parables he left there and he went to his hometown aka nazareth and began to teach them in their synagogue so that they were astonished and said where in the world did this man get this wisdom how can he do and have this miraculous power isn't he the carpenter's son isn't his mother called mary and his brother james and joseph and simon and judas and his sisters, aren't they here with us? Now, we don't know how many sisters he had, but there is an S on there. So that means there were more than one, okay? So at least know he has two sisters. Where does he get all these things? And they were offended by him. They didn't celebrate Jesus. They were offended by Jesus. And Jesus said, a prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and his own house." Hold Now, I know what you're thinking. Well, man, if Jesus was my half-brother, I'd believe he's the Messiah. Really? You think so? Here on Tuesday, when you open presents with your brothers and sisters, try to convince them that you're the Messiah and see how it goes with you. They're like, I know everything about you, man. You're crazy. You crazy. His home family did not believe him. And then verse 58, one of the saddest verses in the Bible, look what it says. And he did not, not that he couldn't, but he did not do many miracles there because of their unbelief belief. Very sad, their unbelief kept them from seeing the divine blessings that God had for them. Now I want you to picture this, Jesus shows up, let's just call the synagogue, the church in the same church that he's been raised as a kid. Every Jewish boy goes to the synagogue to learn about the Old Testament, the prophets, and, and, and all that stuff. And he's been taught his whole life by all these rabbis in the synagogue, and now he shows up teaching the rabbis. He shows up teaching uh, Old Testament stuff and, and unrolls the scroll and talks about how this worked in Isaiah and how it worked here, and everyone is astonished and amazed. And that word astonished means they were seized with fear. They weren't like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. They were like oh my gosh, this is scary. Like they were so afraid that someone can have these words and do these works and have this much wisdom that they were literally terrified of Jesus. And then they do what most people do when you can't explain someone. They ridiculed him. They begin to question him and ridicule him. And they say, isn't he just a carpenter? Right? Right? I mean, come on, Bob, didn't he build your back porch? John, didn't he fix the leak that was on your roof? Isn't he just a carpenter? Like, come on, man. How can he be the Messiah? And then they do something that is really not heard of in this society. You could talk about my daddy. You can talk about my brothers and my sisters. But don't talk about my mama. They bring Mary into the picture. And I want you to look what they say. Is it... His mother called Mary. Isn't he the son of Mary? They would have never addressed someone in the society this way. You were always addressed by the son of your father, not your mother. Even if your father was dead, he would have been, isn't he the son of Joseph? Never would they have said. Son of Mary. Do we got any Hobbit or Lord of the Rings fans in the house? Come on, any Hobbit, Lord of the Rings fans? Are you kidding me? That's it? We're going to pray y'all get saved up in here. Are you, is that all we have? I love the Hobbit, Lord of the Rings. I mean, as soon as this this Sunday's over, we're going to watch all six of the movies. I love it, love it, love it. I love when he calls Thor. He goes, he, he, Thor, and he goes, Thorin, son of Thrain, son of Thor. right? That's falling on deaf ears, mama. They don't even know what I'm preaching up in here. I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, no one addresses that way. No one says, Daniel, son of Charles, son of John. You know, I I don't know why I got dramatic with that, but no one addresses you as the father of your father. They don't do that today, but they never would have dressed you as the son of your mother. Unless, unless, this is what this implies. This implies that Mary has been playing the harlot. That Mary, and their mind, Had Jesus out of prostitution, let's face it, it's a small town. Everyone's on topics, and everyone's talking bad about everybody. 1,500 people in this city, everyone knows. Isn't Mary the one who told us that she was a virgin and got pregnant? No one believes her. Isn't she the one who says this miraculously? She just had a baby in her womb. And they questioned Jesus' legitimate birth because he could not trace his father. Even in John chapter 8, verse 41, it says, you were born out of fornication. You see, they brought his mama up in it, which goes back to the first Christmas story going, everyone knows that your mama has said that she was born. Miraculous, you were born. You don't even know who your father is. And they were attacking his divinity When they were attacking his mom and said she has been playing the harlot isn't your half brothers over here and your sisters over there see the reality is people don't have a problem with jesus when he's just lying in the manger but when you tell them that jesus was born of a virgin now there's a issue people don't have a problem with jesus when he's preaching peace and love acceptance but when Jesus preaches that I am the only way to the Father now people are offended people don't have a problem with Jesus hanging on a cross there's not a religion on the planet that will deny Jesus hung on a cross there's not a historian on the planet who will deny that there was a man named Jesus who hung on the cross there's so much writings outside of the Bible to prove there was a man named Jesus who actually died on the cross but when you say he got up three days later out of the grave now there's an issue now people are offended. And I'm not going to let the things about the Bible that I don't understand keep me from believing because there's some things I just don't understand, but I'm not going to let it stop me from believing. And here was the problem with the people of Nazareth is they didn't see Jesus for who he truly is. They, don't, they didn't see him for that. They remember who he used to be. Isn't that the carpenter kid, the son of Mary? Did he do all this stuff around here? But they didn't recognize Jesus for who he truly was. And here's my question for you this morning. How do you see Jesus? That's the question of the hour. That's the question you have to answer. See, the people of Nazareth just saw him as just a common kid. And he wasn't divine. No different than me and you. See, some of you, you just still still see Jesus as the baby in the manger. That's why you're here, you know, you come to celebrate, check it off your list, celebrate Christmas. Maybe you'll come back on Easter. Okay, I'll give props to Jesus. Maybe you just see him as the man who hung on a cross. Maybe you see him as a good teacher, a good rabbi, a man who liberated the poor, and liberated women in the society of that day. How do you see Jesus? Because here's my point in this Christmas message. This is the only point I have for you. How you see Jesus will determine how you will receive Jesus in your life. And my question is, how do you see Jesus? Every one of us has an enemy named Satan who's the who the bible says is the little g god of this world who's going to do everything in his power to blind you from seeing the truth it's going to blind you in fact our foundational passage here at better life church is found in john 10 10. and jesus refers to the satan the enemy in the beginning look what he says the thief comes to steal kill and destroy satan wants to destroy your life your testimony, your intellect, your family, your finances, your kids. He wants to destroy and lie to you and isolate yourself, just like you heard in the story with Chris. He wants to lie to you said say that the pill or the bottle is the escape, it's the way out to numb you. He's going to do everything he can to lie to you to keep you from seeing Jesus for who he truly is. But listen to what Jesus says, but I've come that you can have a real life. Are you tired of living a fake life? Jesus says, I've come you can have a real life. I've come that you can have eternal life. Every one of you in the house and watching online, you were created to live forever. You will live for all eternity in a place either called heaven with Jesus or hell apart from Jesus. Every one of us was created to live forever. He says, I've come that you can have more life. And then here's the foundational verse of our church. I've come that you can have a better life than you've ever dreamed of. You see, Satan wants to blind you from that life. He wants to lie to you. You see, the people of Nazareth, it was their unbelief that kept them from seeing Jesus. And my prayer today is you won't let your unbelief keep you from seeing Jesus for who he truly is. He is the son of the living God. And that you would believe in him. You know, in John 3, the Bible says, anyone who believes in Jesus is not condemned. Now, leave that up just for a moment. Watch this. Anyone who believes, I'm not talking about an intellectual belief. You probably intellectually believe something about Jesus, which is why you're here today. I'm talking about an intimate belief that radically changes your life. I'm talking you believe something so much that it alters your life. If you say you believe in Jesus and your life has never been changed, listen, you have the wrong belief. Even the devil and the demons believe. Do you have the right belief? And if you have the right belief and you put your faith in Jesus, look what the Bible says, you'll never be condemned. I will never, ever, ever, ever face the wrath of God in my life. Why? Because Jesus took my punishment. Jesus took my wrath. And all I have to do is believe. But then listen to the rest of the verse. But anyone who does not believe is already condemned. Why? Because he has not believed in the name that Gabriel told Joe to name his son, Jesus, the name above all names, the one and only son. See, Jesus was God in the flesh, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, died a horrific death on a cross, borrowed a tomb for three days. For three days later, he got up out of that grave 40 days later he ascended to the father where he sits at the right hand of the throne where he will come back and get his people someday he is the king of kings he is the lord of lords he is the way the truth the life jesus is not a way he's not even the best way he's the only way to the father and the question is do you believe you want some good news This whole series has been about hope, and if you missed it, you could go back and watch it online or download our app and watch it. But you know what the good news is? Hope has come home. Hope is here. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And I want to encourage you, don't let any unbelief or any excuses hold you back from believing in Jesus. Believe and be saved. I'm going to ask you a word to bow your heads. You know, I'm going to trust in this last service for Christmas that the Lord has spoken, and the Lord has opened the eyes of things that may we may be blinded to by the enemy if the Lord has opened your eyes I want to encourage you that you would receive the greatest gift you could ever receive at Christmas and that is the free gift of salvation you can't earn it you definitely don't deserve it you can't pay for it you can't be good enough for it it's a free gift all you have to do is believe and receive The Bible says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, watch this, you will be saved. And if that's you when you're here watching online or in the house this morning and you want to give your life to Jesus, I'm going to ask you, I want you to pray with me please hear me, saying a prayer will not save you but your lips can proclaim what your heart declares and if your heart saw Jesus for who he truly is, the son of God then your lips can proclaim it and you would pray with me here's what I want you to pray say Jesus I believe I believe you came for me I believe you died for me and I believe you got up out of the grave for me and today I repent of my sin and I'll put my faith in you. Now help me follow you all the days of my life. Over the last three services, we've seen so many people give their life to Jesus. And I believe the Lord is still up to something great. If you just pray that with me, here's what I want you to do. I want you to be bold. If you just pray that with me, I'm going to ask you to do this. Would you just raise your hand right now all over the place? Come on. Awesome. Get your hands up. Anybody else? Come on. Praise the Lord. Keep them up there. I almost want to pray for you. Anybody else? I see you. Then the Lord is moving in this place. Praise the Lord. You can put your hand down. You know why you had the courage to raise your hand? Because God opened your eyes for you to see. We have a gift we want to give. Every one of you, raise your hand. And if you'll go to the Red Room as soon as this is over with, we have a gift we want to give you. We want to help you get started in your walk with Jesus. All of us have a next step to take, but every one of you, raise your hand. Your next step is baptism. We're doing that next Sunday. If you've never experienced one of our baptism service, we'd love for you to come and hang out with us. They're amazing. Church, the Bible says that when one person give their life to Jesus, all heaven rejoices. I can't count how many people just gave their life to Jesus. So can we just rejoice of salvation has visited the house today. So come on, stand on your feet, let's let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the life change. Thank you so much that your presence is here because, God, only you can save people. Only you can open the eyes to the blind. And thank you for all the salvations this weekend, for eyes that have been opened, lives that have been changed, family trees have been changed, generations will be changed for what happened this weekend. We love you, Jesus, for it's your name we ask and we pray. Come on, let's worship. Thank you for joining us online today. If while watching this message, you were led to take a next step or made the decision to start following Jesus, we would love to celebrate with you. You can let us know on our website at betterlife.church slash nextsteps. To stay connected throughout the week, download the Better Life app available on any major platform. Lastly, if you're interested in supporting what God is doing in this ministry, you can give online at betterlife.church slash give now. We're praying that you have a great week and we hope to see you again soon.